It's not about us. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams, I'm your host, and I'm joined by Pastor Pat Hand. Welcome, Pastor Pat. Ta-da! <laughs> He's arrived. <laughs> Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for being a part of our podcast today. And really looking forward as we open up a brand new study on the life of Moses. Always, you know, feels like the first day of school when we start a new... uh, It does. Yeah. And um, Renee and Trevor and I are presenting this study, and I think it's going to be super. It's not about us is the name of the study. So That is a good good one. And, of course, we're studying Moses. Moses, Um, yeah. Which is, he's a really cool guy. He is a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, had an amazing journey, and we'll talk about that and the back, uh, the back story to some mm-hmm. of his, the prequel before he was called. We'll talk about that a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it'll be uh, a great study for our folks. And what, what's your favorite Moses story? Everybody has a favorite Moses story. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. See, Probably the one that pops to mind is just the idea of his mom putting him in a basket of reeds or sister, I guess. um, His mom. Uh His mom in the basket of reeds and sending him down. I just, that one always gets me the idea of, you know, your baby being safe or not with you is a, you know. I think right. probably becoming a mom. If you would have asked me before I'm becoming a mom, I would have said parting the Red Sea probably, but because that's so you know dramatic and. <laughs> I think my favorite story is when they went to battle. Uh, was it with the Amalekites? Mm-hmm. But they went to battle, and as long as he held his hands, hands up, up, they you know, were winning. Like, yeah, like score, yeah. you know. And then and then as his arms got tired, the the other side would begin. Yeah. A couple of guys come and hold his arms up. up you know. Yep. I always yeah, like that story good too. Yeah. But we'll uh, we'll be looking at Moses and some uh, some different uh, periods of his life, and mm-hmm. it's I, I think it's it'll be interesting. It's a cool backstory. Um, Four hundred years, um, the Jews had been in Egypt. They came back in Genesis when uh, Joseph's family joined him, mm-hmm. and uh, there were seventy of them. And now at this time, 400 years later, um, they had, they estimate somewhere around 2 million. Wow. 2 million. That would be like Toronto. Yeah. Um, there were 2 million Jews in the land of Goshen, which was in Egypt, just a little ways outside of the main life of Egypt. And so, um, and so they grew so fast that the Egyptians were worried that um, if another country went to war with them, they could bring the Jews in and mm. automatically have, uh, at that time, 600,000 soldiers is what they would have had. Yeah. So um, so in, what they did, they enslaved them ah. and, um, and made life very, very hard for them mm-hmm. and made them even to the point of making their own brick. Uh, to build uh, two cities, principally, uh, Ramses and uh, Pithom, I believe. Mm-hmm. And these were supply cities. That is, these were cities where 
they were the Amazon warehouses of their day. Oh, okay, yeah. Right? And so uh, these two cities were very important, strategic for Egypt. And so the Jews, uh, see, a lot of people think the Jews built the pyramids, but they didn't. Uh, pyramids, oh, they okay. were, the pyramids were already built by this time. Ah. In fact, uh, free men yep. built the pyramids. They were paid laborers. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, they all had the privilege of being buried near the pyramids hmm. if they would help build them. So evidently that was enticement, hmm. you know, to each his own. Yeah, I was going to so, say that doesn't sound... Uh... <laughs> no. And so the pyramids were already in place. Mm -hmm. So these literally, they they built two cities uh, out in the Egyptian desert. So, wow. yeah. And so that's what 400 years, you're looking at 16 generations wow. of people who had lived. I mean, if you go 400 years uh, in our past, that uh, that would be what, 1722? Yeah, something like that. Oh, gosh. All right, so uh, that's hard that's, to believe. Isn't yeah, it? that is hard to believe. The 1700s, wow. Yeah, and so here they are. Um, and uh, no, it'd be 1600s. 16, it? yeah, yeah, you're right, 1600s. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be the 1600s. So, uh, so that, that just gives you a little idea. And so here they are. They're living these uh, 15 or so generations were enslaved, and Pharaoh comes to the place where um, he decides that all the male babies are going to be slain. Mm -hmm. And that was out of fear? He was afraid that they were going to... It was population yeah. control. He mm -hmm. was trying to keep the population from growing. And so, and I think he probably figured that the, the, the females could intermingle into society and, yeah. and so forth. So, well, and also the fewer males you have, the fewer... Um, that's true you know people you have to fight against that's right? a good point that's yeah. exactly right yeah so uh so here they are uh these babies are being slaughtered and and this is where the story of uh, moses kind of begins oh that uh, sounds terrible yeah like I, I couldn't imagine thinking oh do you start a family would you even want to bother if you knew really? that was going to happen yeah Especially, you didn't even have an ultrasound to tell no. ahead of time, so you could like... For nine months, they had this, the sword of, you know, kind of yeah. hanging over them, you know, and uh, they're probably hoping for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now, were girls more coveted in that, or sorry, male babies more yes. coveted in that time? Yeah, it's yeah. a patriarchal society, yeah. so, so yes, males, uh, they kind of got all the attention, yeah. so. And, um, and so when... Moses was born, uh, he already had a brother and sister, Aaron and Miriam. Mm -hmm. Miriam was the oldest, and then Aaron, and then three years after Aaron was Moses. Yeah. And so Jochebed, uh, his, uh, his mom, and uh, Amram, his dad, made a really amazing decision to save his life. Mm -hmm. And instead of throwing him in the Nile, that's what was supposed to happen. All baby males were supposed to be thrown into the Nile. And the crocodiles would eat them. Oh, and man. I know, it's hard to imagine. Yeah, it's barbaric. And, uh, so instead of going in the Nile, he was on the Nile mm -hmm. and was in a bed. That's uh, a bit cheeky of them to do, isn't it? Well, I, <laughs> it was pretty gutsy, I'll say that. Yeah. Right? Wow, that, uh, yeah. Yeah, that probably did take a lot of guts to do. Well, it did. And, and I think just in passing, this is a great Anabaptist uh, thing for us to stop and think about for a second. 
But basically, um, we as Jesus followers, we believe that all human life mm -hmm. uh, has worth yeah. and has value. And, and so uh, it was an amazing thing to see um, Pharaoh who spurned human life, mm -hmm. um, but um, God protected Moses, who, this is interesting, Moses became the leader of the Jews. He was a prophet. Mm -hmm. And not only is he a prophet in um, the Jewish religion, but he is a mainline prophet in uh, Christianity mm -hmm. and in the Muslim religion. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The three biggest religions in the world, and Moses is in the story of each of those. So is Abraham, by the way. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And um, so it's really fascinating that, um, that they took this route. And, and basically, here's what we find. Life is not about us. No. It's about God. Moses did nothing to save his life. He was at the mercy of others who... Um, who believed in the value of all life. Mm -hmm. And these midwives, they were ordered to throw the babies. It was incumbent upon them to take the baby males and throw them in the Nile. And these were Jewish midwives, and they wouldn't do it. But they did it in a, in a really passive-aggressive way. They, yeah. they just said, oh, you know, by the time we get here, the, the babies have delivered. and, and Yeah, we don't make it in time. We don't These make it in time. These women are so strong. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and, and God blesses them for, yeah. for dragging their feet. So what would people do if they had a male baby and they chose not to throw it into the Nile? Would they keep it in hiding or something like that? Any idea? Well, I'm sure they tried everything. They probably dress some of those boys as girls yeah, and I wondered. You know, all that kind of thing and and um but evidently they must have had people who were checking out these babies yeah. that's the only thing I can figure and um I I think I think the story where we talk about um life is not about us but it's about God I think really comes out in this story of Moses mm -hmm. um if you think about it, I really think our teenagers and young adults have been sold a real bill of goods. I mean, on a spectacular level. Yeah. I, I This idea that really from elementary through university, they've been told that um, your life is all about you. Mm -hmm. Your your life is all about your choices. Your life is, is all about your body. Um, you have to make the best choice for you. Yeah, yeah. Follow your heart. Yep. And, um, and really that's a spectacular fail. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers on Mondays, but the fact is as followers of Jesus, it's, it's not about us. Mm -hmm. it, it is not about, um, it, we belong to him. Yeah. Our bodies belong to him. That the passage over in First Corinthians where it says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple or the dwelling place of mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Now that's crystal clear. Yeah. You know. And he says in First Corinthians six, verse twenty, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Because it's his. Yeah. And so um, so it's amazing that 
these midwives and uh, Moses' parents, um, they, they certainly understood the value of this mm-hmm. human life and, um, and what they did, the great steps they took to save Moses' life. Um, and really, it, it wasn't about Amram and Jochebed. It wasn't about the midwives. It, it wasn't about uh, any of those things. It's all about God. And that God has a plan for every single person who's mm-hmm. ever lived. And um, you say, how can God have... <laughs> that how, many plans. <laughs> how can God have a plan for currently 8 billion people yep. on the face of the earth? Yeah, you know? most of us don't even have plans for this weekend yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But see, that's God is all about that. God is all about order. God mm-hmm. is all about uh, the plan uh, that's just his nature. That's who he is. And uh, all you got to do is look up in the sky at night and see that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's interesting that it really wasn't even about Israel suffering in Egypt as much as it was protecting a nation that 2,000 years later would give us the Savior of the world, Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there was a lot at stake here. Uh, this is 4,000 years ago. For us, it's ancient, ancient history. Yeah. But what was going on, God was at work in every era, in every, in every time of history. Somebody yeah. has said history means his story, yes. right? Yeah, I've heard that before, yeah. Yeah, and so we, we kind of see that at play. Um, and really, Moses was saved on purpose for God's purpose. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I hope maybe that encourages everybody that God uses us because he has a plan for us, you know? And, um, you know, you have plans and yeah. hopes and dreams for, you know, Sadie and Aurora. Of course I do, yeah. You know, and we, uh, we used to tease people and say, well, our plans and hopes and dreams for Nathan, our youngest, he was so wild, <laughs> is that he'll be foreman of the laundry detail in prison. You know, I mean, you know, that's, that's, but no, yep. we, all of us have dreams and hopes. We had them for, yeah. for John and Nathan and, and it's just, um, here God has hopes and dreams and plans for us. Yeah. I, I wish, I wish we could capture that thought. And so, um. So here's Moses, you know, we're, we're going to study this more in detail, but here he is. Um, he had to flee Egypt because he, mm-hmm. well, he killed somebody. Yeah. Right? Uh, he was defending some people who couldn't take care of themselves. And, yeah. and so he runs for his life at 40 years of age, and he spends the next 40 years in the desert. Yeah, wandering tending around. Sheep. Yeah. yeah. 80 years old, and God wants him to lead. Yeah. But Israel. 80 wasn't 80 then. 80 wasn't old then, was it? I think it was. Uh, it wasn't like today where you, you think of somebody in their 80s that maybe they they kind of shuffle when they walk or yeah. they might even be in a wheelchair or, or whatever. But but uh, yes, I think Moses was, was healthier than what 80 would look like yeah. today. But he was still 80 years old. Yeah. You know. So... Um, it's just, uh, to me, it's just an amazing story that God came to an 80-year-old guy. He didn't come to a 30-year-old guy. Nope. He came to somebody who had a little bit of life experience. Yep. And it had beat him down. Yep. He had a colorful past, He maybe. had a colorful yep. past. And God saved that man's life yeah. so that he could literally <clears throat> be used to save the lives of 2 million people. Now, he's tending sheep. 
in the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would ever make that connection? No. Except God. And why him? And why him? Yeah. Yeah. What's so special about Moses? Yeah. Well, what was so special about Israel? But they were a chosen people that he mm-hmm. put his love upon, you know? Yeah. And so God, um, I, I think that really points to the fact that God really does have a plan for people. Yeah. That, you know, he didn't have GPS, but he knew exactly where <laughs> Moses was, yep. where the time was ripe. And and maybe somebody here today is wondering, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, uh, what, you know, I'm in college or I've raised our kids or yeah. I'm retired. Um what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah, no one, I don't think anybody wants to die thinking my life amounted to nothing. I did nothing. I didn't accomplish anything bigger. I agree. You know, I, I think that's a feeling in all of us. I think so. I think God puts that in us. Yeah, I think so too. That we, we want our life to count for something, mm-hmm. we, for something that's bigger than ourselves. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that I really had to kick around about retirement was I had this, um, um, fear of becoming irrelevant, mm, Yep. you know? And so I, I think that's a misnomer because I think whenever you're, you make yourself available to God, yes, then God's going to do something with you. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what, uh, that's exactly what happened here that he was able to be tending sheep, but God knew right where he was and wanted to use his life experience and wanted to be able to um, to bring him back um, from his wandering in the desert yeah. and to be able to use him in a powerful way with his background. And somewhere, I, I think his connection with Pharaoh had to be there. Yep. You kind of see that in the movies, right? Yeah. But I think there's something to that. There was connections that people would have known him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'd been 40 years. Yeah. It's like going to a class reunion. And, yeah. You know, you, you, know, you got to look at the name tag because yep. you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, um, so I, I think that it must have been just an amazing moment. And God used him because of his background. Mm-hmm. In Fa- and he, he would know how Pharaoh thinks. Yes. He would know how it's Egypt operates. Information. Yeah. Right, right. So I think there's a lot of reasons why God used him. But I, I practical, I think those would be practical yeah. reasons. But, um, but here he was yep. out in the desert. And I bet there's people listening to us today that kind of feel like they're out in the desert today. I'm sure, yeah. You know, where am I going I feel like I'm walking in circles. What's the point? Yep. And can I tell you, there is a point. And God loves you. And God, God can, he wants to take your life and do with it so much more Mm -hmm. than you can even dream or imagine. And it's just, you know, uh, reach out to him today. Yeah. And just say, God, I'm right here. I'm available. I'm listening. Mm -hmm. You know, my ears are wide open. And I, I think, uh, I think that'd be great. But if you're going to say a prayer like that, then you got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Yes. Which is scary. Yeah. Yeah. It is scary to do that. It is. Mm-hmm. But there's good news in that too, isn't there? <laughs> there is. There is. When you step out of your comfort zone, your comfort zone automatically gets bigger. Yes. 
you have a new comfort zone. Yeah. I remember the first time I, I've only jumped out of an airplane twice. Oh, that's it, eh? Yeah, only twice. <laughs> but um, but I remember when my feet are hanging over the door, you know? Oh, no, I don't know. And, and I don't care to, but <laughs> and go you're on. Lo- and you're looking out over Lake, uh, Lake Erie. And uh, it's just everything's below you. Uh, you're 11,000 feet in the air. Mm. So you're, what, two miles up. And, um, and your feet hang over the door. And it, it, it's just like, uh, oh, my goodness. And then all of a sudden, you're floating in the air at 120 miles per hour. You're wow. actually falling. Yeah. But, but you, you have this sense that you're floating. All of a sudden, your comfort zone's gotten bigger. Yeah. You know, not only can I go up in an airplane, mm-hmm. but I can now let my body fall out of an airplane mm-hmm. and morally certain that a parachute's going to open, right? Yeah. And I just think that is a, a tremendous picture of what God wants us to do. Yeah. That we, we build this little zone around us for comfort, but God mm-hmm. says, oh man, there is so much more to life. There is so much more to the kingdom of God step out yes it's okay yeah i got the parachute that's right well that's the other thing right is that god doesn't ask you to do it on your own that's right good point god does not ask you to step out of your comfort zone by yourself and you know somebody says oh i could never teach or oh i could never sing on a worship team mm-hmm. uh, you and i have said that we but, have but mainly people have said that to, to us. us yes <laughs> And so, uh, but, but people do it every day. They, they'll go work with kids and they didn't yeah. think they ever could, or yeah. they'll work in tech ministry and, and touch things that they never thought that they would be able to, to operate. Yeah. And, and you never know what you can do yep. until you step out and let God use you. And often I find a lot of those times when you do something that you're not comfortable with, or that makes you a bit uneasy that you feel called to do you end up with like a fun surprise along the way yes you either end up meeting someone really cool that you wouldn't have met otherwise and you form a connection or there's there's usually a a sneaky little hidden yes gem in there for you as a blessing i think from god well isn't that what an adventure is yeah and and i really think when you step out of your comfort zone you're on the adventure of a lifetime Mm -hmm. in god's kingdom and how can you lose? You can't lose, yeah. you know? And so I, I just want to encourage people today that there is so much to life. Mm-hmm. And make yourself available. And and God can, can take our wandering and put it into a good place and use us because we have these abilities and gifts that sometimes we don't even know about ourselves, but yeah. God does. Mm-hmm. And so... We'll continue this thought as we go into Moses, but man, what a great way to start. It's not about us. Yep. And God's got a plan. And don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone this week. Yeah. It's part of the adventure called life. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Pat. Um, If you'd like to get in touch with Pastor Pat, if you have any questions or would like to discuss this with him anymore, you can reach him at pat at waynefleetbic.com. Um, And if you'd like to get in touch with me with any feedback or podcast suggestions, I'd love to hear from you as well. And my email address is julia.waynefleetbic.com. So thank you for tuning in um, this week, and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great week. Have a great week, everybody. You are loved.